We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is, this is, this is, this is. Heat, heat beat, heat beat, heat beat. With Giancarlo Navas and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Carl Navas. And with me today, we have Hot Take Harry, Harrison Citrin. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. We have uh, our latent screw-up, Alex. Hey. And we have Saucy Nuggets, Lefty Leif. How are you, sir? I can't hear you, Leif. I think you're on mute. He's making faces. Wow, we're off to a great start here. <laughs> I'm very good. What's up? What's up? Yay! Yay! <laughs> and we have Brian watching from the shadows. He's not allowed to talk today. Brian's being responsible doing schoolwork. Um, so let's co-founder Brian Goins. Let's trade deadline talk, boys. Alex is here. Alex is so happy. Yep. He plays on trade machines all day. Trade season, baby. Trade season. We're right, in the, we're right in the middle. Lou Williams on the move. Woo! Where's the Williams going? Houston. Ew. For what? Like Corey Brewer? And a first, and a first round pick. Yeah. Really? The Lakers gave the first round pick? No. That's great news. No. No, they, oh, they, they, I, was like, I, once. I was like, why would they want to get rid of Lou Williams so badly? It's I mean, actually it's a positive sign to see that trade happen because Lou Williams getting traded for a first sorts of, it, it kind of sorts starts to sort out uh, what kind of value you can get for some of these guys on short contracts. I know he's got two years left, but uh, I think that that's a positive move in terms of seeing action uh, from Miami if we do see any. I think I kind of think Leif. I think we're on the same page here. We don't think they're going to do anything, right? I don't know. I'm getting nervous about it. I, I don't know that. Oh they, my um, god! 
you know, like, it's hard to envision them not doing something because they have all of these players that they're likely not going to invest in long term. And, uh, and obviously, it's expected to be busy. But, you know, the one guy that I think that they could get a first for pretty easily is James Johnson. And that's like the one guy that appears to be someone you'd want to keep long term. So that, that kind of puts you in a weird spot. I don't know that Waiters or uh, Ellington or these other guys are going to get you a first round pick. And, you know, they, they're pretty intent on trying to add one. You know what kind of hurts them in that situation? How, like, I think a team like Toronto knows that they're not a Dion Waiters away, so they're less willing to part with a first. Like, if a team, if there was a third team that maybe was felt like they were really close, I guess the Spurs might be that team, but they're not, I don't think they're going to be willing to part with anything. Why are you laughing? Imagining about? Dion on the Spurs. Oh my oh, God, man. you're right. How we got to see that. We got to see that. System offense. Also, I mean, Leif, that, that was a good pun by saying it was a positive first move for Magic Johnson, so. Oh, Lord. <laughs> wow. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, my God! <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, I, I know it was unintentional, but. Uh, Nikaias would be proud of that low-key yeah, pun. Yeah, would he? He liked my tweet. He retweeted it. He would. He would. <laughs> Sorry, also, um, in the Nuggets area, uh, here it sounds like uh, the Heat are pretty um, hell bent on shedding McBob. If if they're going to make a deal that involves any of the young guys, the Jay Riches of the world, um, it sounds like they want someone to take McRoberts with them. I don't know if that's going to kill a deal. Uh, it sounded like Hassan was going nowhere. And I still think he's going nowhere. But there was um, a, something that literally I just stumbled upon about 10 minutes ago. And it's from a place that uh, sometimes has gotten things pretty spot on with Miami, but not always. And he floated Damian Lillard out there and, um, and kind of talked about talked about Hassan and Goran Dragic being, um, you know, kind of a package that would be built to try to acquire a guy like Damian Lillard. Why would Portland want to do that? No clue. It's completely unverified by me. I'm literally, um, it's actually from uh, from Real GM. Why would Miami want to do that? Goran Dragic is better than Damian Lillard. Yeah, but you're going to have a younger player who who's good. <laughs> No, no, but I was just thinking, like, I was, you know, I was, you know, my friend yesterday who's a big Trailblazers fan, and, like, they like Lillard in Portland, but his defense isn't great, and you're talking about a guy that likes to just really uh, shoot the ball, and I think Goran is a better passer than him. I mean, I don't really know where you're upgrading. Luke Babbitt is playing defense for the Heat right now. No, no, it's fine. Like, if you want to. <laughs> Listen, if you want to move guys like Babbitt, I mean, I would trade JJ for a first round pick and just tell him you'll do, you know, you'll try everything to get him back next year. Like, you have no advantage keeping him, you know, hoping to resign him. Like, he's. I, I don't think. Gonna... I don't think you can do that. Can you trade a guy and they can sign sure. back in the offseason? As long as the contract ends, then yeah, you can you can do that. It's like really? the same way where they traded Chalmers. Oh, last yes. year. Venom, wanted him Venom, back, right? So. Well, yeah, exactly. Different. Uh, you just you just can't agree to that sort of malarkey. Uh, beforehand. <laughs> yeah, that was when the Cavs traded Ogowskis a few years back. That was when that got that became the rule because I think they traded him to the Wizards and the Wizards cut him and then the Cavs wanted him back and you know <laughs> everyone's clamoring for Big Z, so you know, altered the I, rules. I mean we were clamoring for Mike Bibby and uh, Troy Murphy. 
Yeah, remember how, remember how much we wanted Troy Murphy? Oh, jeez. Yo, that was that so was... much fun. <laughs> those, oh trade de- those trade deadlines were fun and nothing happened. That wasn't even the trade deadline. That was the buyout deadline. No, oh my god. The, remember how fun the buyout deadlines used to be? It'd be like, come on, Carl Butler. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure I saw Troy Murphy bagging groceries at my local Publix, to be honest. For sure. He looks like a YMC camp counselor or something. Yeah, yeah. That deadline, Miami got Ray for Austin. We're like, whoa, we got Ray for back. And then he, like, quit in the middle of the season. You could be right. I know that the one one year they got Timmy and all those guys, and actually the Gorin trade deadline was fun. Like that came down to the last, what was oh it, five God. minutes where we thought, yes. oh, we're, we ain't, we're not getting anybody. This sucks, and then boom, uh, you know, uh, it, it happened. That trade deadline was legendary. No, the one that was legendary was when Darren Williams got traded out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> we were just like, whoa, where did this come from? No one had that. Can I can I piggyback off something Leif was saying earlier? No. Okay. Well, just say what you want to say, Alex. Why are you asking? Because questions? I'm like interrupting the conversation. Man, <laughs> whatever you. Okay. 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 You're so, 25 percent of the podcast, man. Do what you got to do. <laughs> okay. So Leif was talking earlier about how uh, this is a good sign. The Lou Will trade. Uh, the the Lakers netting a first for Lou Will is a good sign for the Heat because uh, maybe you can get that for James Johnson. And I was thinking we were talking about this earlier how. Why wouldn't Dion be able to get a first-round pick back in a trade when he's significantly younger and better than Lou Williams? Even though, even though he does have the rep, what yeah, does Lou will have a similar rep to Dion? I mean, Alex, I think you're right. If if you had Dion on a longer contract, he could warrant the first-round pick. Like having okay. that extra year makes him worth. It's it's the fact that he's yeah. You know, you don't have bird rights. You have nothing. So you're basically renting him for three months. But isn't that what, but, isn't that what Lou Williams is? No, I no. think Williams has at least another year because I think Correct. they signed to a three-year, like twenty-one million dollar deal. So, and they took back Brewer, who who has yeah. money still on the books. So, um, you know, I think Miami would be pretty reluctant to take back long-term contracts uh, in that scenario. But it also feels kind of weird to see these guys thriving and then think about them leaving for nothing, or honestly, even paying them. Sometimes that can even feel a little. Uh, a little risky, especially when it comes to Dion. I, I'm just, I'm just a little annoyed that like winning 14 out of 16 seems to like put us in this like uh, purgatory of the trade deadline, where like Is you're that close the to the purgatory. Play- yeah, exactly. Like you're close to the playoffs where you want to make a run for it. But I, I think I don't know. I mean, we could make it, but I saw someone tweet earlier that the Heat's last five games are really, really tough of the year. So. You know, if it's close, I think they played the Wizards twice, the Raptors, the Cavs. I mean, maybe Easy they money. would have clinched. Easy but... money. Easy money. Thanks, Brian. Um, but, yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I, if, if I was running the Heat, I'd trade whatever I could for picks. Like, making the playoffs would be a great story for this team, especially the way they started. But it doesn't mean anything the long term. And, you know, losing in five games to Cleveland isn't going to be fun. So... Yeah. <laughs> you snuck in that they won a game. We would we would win a game. Especially Boston, like, I mean, he just so casually slipped that in. Hey, are they gonna win five? Like not even four or five. Just like oh, five, five. You don't think you don't think there'd be a ridiculous game where like James Johnson karate chopped LeBron and like he got thrown off his game and there, mean, yeah. be, there will be a Dion game in that series. They wouldn't win on the road. <laughs> Dion would just go nuts on the road. In Cleveland, and he'd yeah. like soak up the boost. It'd be, he'd be he'd be lighting lighting Lake Erie on fire. 
Okay, Leif, hear me out. Dion Waiters on the road, fourth quarter, just starts taking a bunch of bad jumpers, cans them all, crowd in Cleveland starts booing. He puts his arms out, starts pointing at himself. Tell me you don't want this. This is my house. Tell me you don't want that. Oh, my God. He (laughs) put his number in the rafters. Let's get it done. Do that right there. Build him the statue. He'd give him a number three. He'd be like, here, Dion, don't wear it. You did what D-Wade never did. Uh (laughs) One in Cleveland? It, it, it would have Dion's number, but the back of the jersey would say Petty. <laughs> Petty number. Th- <laughs> you know that Dwayne almost has like Eastern Conference bingo. He's only missing like Cleveland and Toronto, and then he would have beaten every team in the playoffs. Beaten or played against? Beaten. What? Yeah. It's impressive. I got I got to double check, but I remember that I was I was doing this the year the year that they played Toronto. That was one of the teams he had never beaten in the playoffs. Cause he had, I don't think he had ever played them. And now he'd have to beat the Heat. But <laughs> so that's a fun fact. Dwayne Wade almost has Eastern Conference bingo. Paul Pierce almost has Eastern Conference bingo as well. I was really bored that day. Wait, Did can, you, uh, can, we, can we spend five minutes and just make fun of Boston just for a minute? Like oh, the order, yes. the order. Like, Mr. Would, uh, how, how great, how great will it be if they end up with Carmelo after all this? Like, <laughs> that's the piece that they get. <laughs> I just can't believe they wouldn't have given up like a young player and their first round. Or wait, they're switch. They're switching with Brooklyn this year. So why wouldn't they give up like their first round pick? I don't know. That, I mean, that that Cousins trade is so weird. I mean, basically, I think they were trying to say that every like. Boogie's agents called every team and told that he wasn't signing an extension, and that's why the value was so low, on top of people being worried about Boogie. But for Boston not to jump on that, it's crazy. Especially when they need a big man. They need a big man to rebound down low. I mean, Horford has not been good for them, and they they really could have used like a Boogie Cousins, and instead he goes to the Pelicans, which which is interesting because he's probably gonna, he's going to be a free agent in a year and a half, so. Maybe that's someone the Heat look at, but maybe. I have an update on this Dwayne Wade bingo story. Um, He also has it beating the Magic in the playoffs, so it's those three teams. But what? No, what is up with Danny Ainge and his like? Who's Terry Rosier, man? Totally ignored me. Yeah, I don't even. Is that that interesting? I didn't even hear you talking. Like it was just some. Orlando's another team he hasn't beaten, and that's it. It's just no one cares about Orlando. No one cares about Wade. No one cares about Bingo. You like to, if you like you're talking about things that no one cares about. I'm sorry. What's next, yeah. anime? Uh, so how come teams are overvaluing these? Tw- like the 2017 draft, I get it. I get how good it is, how deep it is, how the top of the draft is so um, star-studded or potentially. But doesn't it start to feel like those picks are starting to get overvalued league-wide? I kind of get the sense that, like, do you guys think we could get a lottery pick for Gorn right now from one of those teams? Leif, let me tell you why I think that's happening. I think the reason, Leif, that teams are overvaluing these picks is because they see the Lakers, they see the Nets, and they don't want to be in that hell that they're in because there's no end in sight for those teams. So when other teams have their picks, they don't want to give them up so easily because they see the landscape of the league and they don't want to be like, you know, the Knicks, the Nets, and, you know, you're bad, and there's no way out. I think another big part of that is uh, because of the cap spike, and all of the players that got uh, overpaid, I guess you'd say that, um, these draft picks are 
multiple or having contracts for multiple years and they're just a lot cheaper than these other guys and it, it becomes more valuable than it used to be did you just feel Harrison's take <laughs> yeah but that, already that was so Oh my God! Explain to the listener. Explain to the listener. Well, it's it's really it it's really okay. Let me let me just elaborate on the take that Alex stole. I want to tell the audience what happened. <laughs> we lost. Hey, connection. wait! But the recording didn't get it. Nobody knows I took his take. We lost connection. So after I finished, that's the second time I gave my Nets take, and then it cut me off in the middle of it. Brian got disconnected. So then I finished my take, and Harrison was on a really really great rant. <laughs> And Brian's like, I got disconnected. So we call Brian back. We're like, okay, I'm going to give my take again. And then Harrison's going to come in. And then Alex just adds on. <laughs> so he went Leroy Jenkins yes. on that shit. So <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I was not paying attention was... to Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I was like, all right, if Alex wants to take it, it's cool. Oh, like, my God. I, I think Hot Take Harry still has it in him. Hot Take Harry, what yeah, do you no. got? No, nah, I mean, it was cool because I'm like, Alex doesn't talk that much. If he wants to steal my take, it's fine. But, uh, no, I was kind of – I was just saying that, like, what what Leif was saying earlier, these picks are so overvalued um, because, one, you got you either – as a team, you either got to build through picks or through trades of guys that are on previous CBA contracts. That's the only way you can build a team right now because you're not expecting these guys to jump ship and give up the money. Even Boogie was willing to stay in Sacramento for another $30 million, even though Sacramento has shown what a ridiculous uh, bleep show they are. So, like, that's that's what you have to do. And the problem is, so you have a really good draft. You know, it's going to be a great point guard draft. They said the top, you know, between seven and eight guys could really be good players. And you need these picks to facilitate trades. And so when you don't have either one, okay. these unknown quantities become like just completely blow up in their value and that's really what's happening but you see like the the Danny Angels of the world like man it's time to cash in on these picks you made two great trades one to get rid of the corpses of KG and Pierce the other to get Isaiah Thomas you got to build around this team that team's not winning anything you know they're good they'll they'll fight hard they're scrappy you know they play like Brad Stevens looks but um <laughs> They they need another piece, and they're not going to get it. Because I thought Angel for reported. sure. I, I really did think for sure when Kevin Love went down that you would see immediately Boston make that big swing of a move because, like, as much as we say, all oh, the Warriors, you know, who's going to beat the Warriors? Um once you get to the finals, man, anything can happen. Dallas was a was a huge favorite over us in 06, and uh, and you know you, you all of a sudden you're down 2-0, and you come back and you win that. And I know that that's just one championship, but that's really what you're going for if you're Boston. You're trying to catch a flash in the pan. You you know you catch that lightning. You win. You win. You know the one championship. I don't think you could really look at that team and say, "Okay, they're they're going to be a perennial title contender." Uh, I just don't think that they have that alpha piece, unless you consider that to be Isaiah Thomas. So why not go for it when Kevin Love is, uh, you know, six weeks out? Boy, I thought for sure that they try to make a run at Hassan because it just makes a lot of sense. They need the rim protection. They need a big who can finish at the rim, and Hassan's that. And they have stuff Miami would want. 
they have picks, and that's what Miami would want for Hassan. I think I think the issue there is also that uh, Hassan's contract, obviously he's under a max contract, and I read that they've been looking forward to having a lot of cap space open, and that they don't want to they don't want to spend it on somebody who feels that basically won't put him over the top. Similar to the Ibaka thing, even though Hassan is better, and even though that argument can be made that they should do it because of the rim protection and rebounding, and also because um, Hassan doesn't cost you the the twenty seventeen. Nets pick necessarily. I think I think they should do it, but I feel like they don't want to do it because of all the cap that I mean, all the money that Hassan's making. But what what Boston wants cap space to what max out Terry Rosier? I don't understand. Like, what are they? Like, what do they need Rozier. the space for? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> no, just keep saying his name wrong. It's it works. I think. Listen, he's not, it's a French name. He's obviously like his dad's French in some capacity. It's. I swear know. to God, I've had this argument with a friend. No, no, no. no. I know, Alex. I know you're right about it, but I prefer <laughs> calling him Rosier. Like, what, I mean, it makes it sound stupider that he is the guy that Boston won't give up for a Bach or anybody else. I mean, it makes it makes no sense. And what Boston's going to open cap space for? Who? Horford was their last big free agent signing in a while. Before that, Boston was trading for guys to to get there. So, you know, you're opening cap space for what? I mean, who are they looking to try to acquire? They want to get Blake Griffin to come over? Like why is why is Griffin going to go Gordon. play next to Horford and have to I don't think Hayward's leaving Utah. They're going to give him a ton of money. He's comfortable there yeah, because he's surrounded by other white people. They're going to be a player for both of those guys. <laughs> that team is going to be a bigger player than the Heat for both of those guys. Yeah, no, Hayward, if he goes anywhere, it'll be Boston because of the head coach connection. But um, I I don't know. I just feel like the time is... Why are we so sure about that? Because Brad Stevens given him the money that he's losing? Like, is that part of the deal? But it's it's not even the money. It's the fact that Utah's really good, but he might feel like they might not be close. But if anything, you'd go to a team with Miami that... I mean, I'm not ruling Miami out. I mean, I never... Boston's better, like no, Boston has better closer to a championship than Miami would be if Gordon Hayward was deciding. But Miami's gonna have more cap space. Miami can probably get him and another guy. Do I sound ridiculous? I sound ridiculous. Not back. It's because you really want him really bad. Like that's. I like that. I like him so much. He's so good. I'm with you. I want him. He's the second best small forward in the league. Well, see, I, I. I think Utah's going to try to dangle getting rid of Derek Favors to op- to get like to add more space for um, to re-sign Hayward and maybe Better than him. LeBron and who else at that position? What? Paul George? Kevin oh, Durant? Yeah. George, get out of here. Oh, I forgot about Kevin Durant. Kawhi Leonard? Okay, he's a fourth that's small forward. Daniel <laughs> <laughs> You know, Utah's a team Bonnie that might offer up their first for uh, James Johnson. Yeah, that was a tr- that was when we were looking at making up deals. I was looking at that. It's just everyone's so afraid to get rid of James Johnson because they want to bring him back. And I, I get it. I, I would pay I Jay John- James Johnson I think next Johnson's year. The piece that they need. I think they need they need shooting and they need offense. They don't really need another defensive guy. I'm just saying that the beat writers in Utah have mentioned James Johnson as a guy that he would be interested in. That's all because I follow that, that, too many people on Twitter and they've been talking about it. And that's also because they they signed the wrong JJ, the worst JJ, and they're looking for an upgrade at the JJ you position. You still hate Joe Johnson? <laughs> Why would you like Joe Johnson? There's no there reason. Got excited I, when don't hate, I don't hate Joe Johnson. but like, You hate Greg Cody. I do hate. I uh, know. 
we had Roy and Mike on the show. Yeah, I tried, yeah. <laughs> wow, we got, that was really good, Leif. You're just like... Greg, you know what? Greg does his own thing, and, you know, I may not like his own thing, but, you know, he, he does his own thing. All right, with, all right, whatever. Whether he deserves to be on national radio yeah. or not, it's questionable. further... You know, down. I hate just that guy let so it go. Let it go. Why let is that guy on air? I don't understand. So what player? So I, I open this up to everyone. What How player? How is he allowed? Well, who would you good. consider doing pick swap on the 2017 pick with? Is there any player that we could acquire that would um, justify us putting a pick swap down on this 2017 pick? Because that's all we can do with it from a you know trade perspective. Kind of depends. I I do it for Paul George. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're probably we'll probably finish in the like either right right at the low end of the lottery or right at the you know so between I don't know thirteen and sixteen probably so yeah I mean I'd do that I I, I know they I know they keep saying who's I don't really he's not my favorite guy the um, is it Steve Kyler is the guy from Basketball Insiders but um, he's all he just wrote something like oh the Pacers told me if I keep saying that. Paul George could be included. They're going to delete me, my phone number from the Indiana Pacers source. But, um, I mean, that. listen, usually when you're saying we're not trading someone, that just means we're waiting for a better offer. Uh, usually there's very few guys that are completely untradeable because you're always hoping for that, um, for the best trade offer. And that's kind of what the Kings were doing. They were hoping they were going to get a better offer, but it seems like they, they got uh, – they screwed up there, but yeah, I think everyone's available. Um, it would be, I think Jimmy Butler's getting moved. I, I get that feeling that the Bulls have denied trading him so much that I think, I think the Celtics could pony up for like a Jimmy Butler, and that would be a guy they could that they would be okay trading Terry like, Rozier for. I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even move him for the Nets pick. I mean, maybe the 2018 pick, but not the 2017, the pick swap that the, you know, the Brooklyn pick. Uh, but maybe the 2018 pick, because if you expect Brooklyn to spend in free agency and not necessarily be the worst team in the league, I mean, they could, but it's not a guarantee because you never know what they might end up being able to uh, do. And I don't mean by getting good, but just becoming middle of the road all of a sudden that maybe you cash in that pick for a Jimmy Butler and it makes sense. I don't know. Boston almost has the opposite issue of like, it's not that they favor the 2017 pick so much. It's that they favor their own guys so much. Like they have a lot of decent players, but no one like besides Isaiah Thomas, who's had a really good year offensively, they don't have a lot of great, great players. And so like, you know, all these guys that they keep the market smarts, the, I mean, Jay Crowder is a good player. I don't, I don't think I'd get rid of Jay Crowder. Really, really good. Yeah, he's he's done very well in Boston, but um, yeah, because the problem is they're gonna have this, they're gonna have space for a really good rookie, whether it's Fultz or Ball or, I mean, maybe they don't want a guard. I can't think of who's who's right behind them, but they, you know, they have to find room for this guy, and right now they're, you know, they they would need to move guys anyway to fit um, to fit a pick in there. Boston's three games behind Cleveland, and Cleveland's gonna go without Kevin Love for the rest of the regular season. I, no, Boston. They could. T- they, listen, it doesn't matter where the Cavs finish if Love is healthy. I mean, they're they're gonna win anyway. No, but I mean, if Boston can snatch a home seed, it makes it harder. Um. Yeah. I mean, a little. I mean, but. Cleveland's only had to play two road series, and they've both been in Golden State. 
And like, they won there, so I'm not, you know. But just, you know, being on the road makes it harder. And as we've seen, as we saw the big three heat. Listen, obviously, but believing believing that the earth is flat makes you a clutch basketball player. So, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, you know, they're fine. I'm not really too worried about. No, I, I, and I think that but, when you go this, but if you're Boston, listen, if, if, if you're the general manager for Boston, and if you don't even believe that with the home seed you have a chance against Cleveland, then you blow it up. I mean, I don't know what you're doing if you don't believe you have a chance i mean now's the time to if you don't think you can get a home seat if you're boston and if you don't think it matters then what are you doing i'm sure danny Ainge would love to blow it up and get more picks i think that's actually his wet dream (laughs) but um you know to get more picks and sit on them um but yeah i mean listen you, you that's what you gotta appreciate about the heat organization like riley strikes when he seen when he seen sees that it's necessary, like you know, as much as people argue about the Goran Dragic uh, trade because it ended up costing us two first round picks, it's like hopefully those picks in those years are going to be late picks anyway. You got a really good player in Goran Dragic who has really found himself in our system, and even if it doesn't work out and you end up trading him, you'll get value back on him. And it's like you have to appreciate what this organization does, what Spo does, um, what the scouting does. I mean, the scouting has been top notch since LeBron left. I think they really focus on scouting and D League development or G League development since that happened. And that's all positive uh, movement that you have to be excited about going forward, regardless of who they put on the court. We haven't even talked about how they had that streak, lost two games, and then won a big game on the road in Houston and played very well, led the entire game. Like, this team, now that they're healthy, is not the same team that started the year. They're not bad. They're a pretty decent basketball team. Like, they're well coached, and they like they find guys out of the D-League. They find those veteran minimum guys, and they strike out a lot too. You know, Greg Oden, Dexter Pittman. Um, Eddie Curry. Yeah, Eddie Curry, who's the other fat guy, Eddie Curry. See, but those guys are different because they were trying to plug holes on an already contending team. So you're going to take chances, and it may not be necessarily that you're developing players. You're hoping that they can become finished products kind of almost by chance to some degree. Uh, Now they're really taking guys from the ground up and and molding them, you know, from day one. And and back to what Harrison was talking about with the Goran deal and why you got to love Miami's approach for me like you also have to like come you know with the context like they were trying to maximize the end of the Bosch and Wade run and Gorn seemed like a piece that would fit for that especially with Bosch and we just never got to see it so I always feel like when people look at that trade and now want to bash it or say it was short-sighted it's uh you know we we never got to see it with CB really going you know firing on all cylinders for a whole season they were a game away from the Eastern Conference Finals that year I mean, they became contenders by getting him, whether you like it or not. They were the three seed last year, and they were playing one game for a chance in the Easter Conference Finals. I don't know what more you can ask for. And with arguably their best player hurt and their third or fourth best player hurt. Yeah, it's correct. Listen, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, this is just what. See, what I would do at the deadline if you're if you're worried, you know, if you're if you're keeping Dion because he's the guy that's really done a good job during the streak. Maybe you look at trading like a Wayne Ellington for a second round pick or something, a guy that has the team option for next year, so that gives it a little more value during the trade. And if you're expecting Richardson back, you need to make room for Richardson to play. I'm not sure how I feel about Richardson. I know Jack is a huge Josh Richardson fan. I like but, him. You know, I like him a lot too. Yeah, but he's a guy you probably have to look into moving next year if you don't see like steady improvements because he's going to ask for a lot of money as a free agent. And if he's not good, is he going to ask for a lot of money? Yeah, because everyone's going to make money. <laughs> like young young guys, I, I, I young don't, guys I don't think if he puts up another stinker of a year, I don't think he'll get a lot of money. Now, if he has a Dion, good year. Is Dion going to get 14 million per? Is that going to happen this at, summer? At least, at least. I don't oh. I, I don't think so because What? What are you watching? Listen. <laughs> before you criticize my take, listen to me. But, no. The cap is projected lower. Correct? Well, higher than this year, but lower than expected. Yes. I don't think any team needs to reach the salary floor next year. I think everyone's going to be pretty... I think the way it looks... What, what team needs to reach the salary floor next year? I don't think a lot of teams are have a lot of free money next year. I, I could have read that wrong, but I remember reading that. Philly, if they don't sign anybody this summer, which I think okay. they're planning to. Okay, so if, if Philly wants to take him, they can take him. But there's not going to be... Deion Waiters is not going to be a hot... He's from Philly. For, for 14 a year. So you you think the market's going to correct itself this summer based off that? No, I, I don't think it's going to totally correct itself, but I don't think – I think fewer teams are going to hand out these Evan Turner deals. Yeah, but Evan Turner still got that deal on, okay. on a – Last on a, year was the first year of this massive cap opening. But what – What's the salary cap at now? Ninety million. It's going to be a hundred and two million next year. That's twelve million more dollars. There's thirty teams in the league. You're going to make me do math. That's three hundred and sixty million dollars around the league. That extra money that's going to be thrown around at these. Why guys. are you complaining about fourteen million a year for Deion Waiters when he's better than Tyler Johnson and you're okay with that? Ooh. That wasn't. That wasn't the. Uh, I just realized that. How did you do that? How did you? How did you do that? How did that happen? Okay. Why, that wasn't, why, why are you complaining about Dion when Tyler is about to make twenty per? Listen, TJ, ma- com- TJ is about to make six. That's what he's about to make next no, year. In the year after, listen, he's listen, make, I think uh, Wade Wade money. Listen, Wait. I think I think I'm he okay paying Dion in the short term. Such I just mouth. don't. Same with JJ. I don't want to throw out like four year deals for these guys. I don't. Tr- I don't trust Dion. I have a feeling Dion's going to get paid and go back to his chucking heat check ways. So. That's why I wanted to. That's why I want to trade him for anything. But I think that, um, I think we have to look at with Deion Waiters is what are the kinds of shots he's getting, and I think what's most important is how he's improved at the rim. He's up to during the streak he was at like fifty five percent at the rim, and he he has been getting progressively better and better as the year has gone on. Uh, his defense has never been a question, even when he's been in Cleveland and Oklahoma City. Um, maybe not the 17 a year, but I think they should make some sort of effort to keep him as well as James Johnson. That takes up all your cap space. I mean, that's it. You're done. They're not leave. I don't, who are they going to get next year? Like, well, I, I agree that we shouldn't be looking just, 
we shouldn't be looking just at the free agent list. I do agree with you there. But I think the flexibility lends itself to being able to make lopsided trades. And during the summer, and really, this is the other thing about the deadline, that people are freaking out because everybody wants to see a trade because y'all want your adrenaline rush when you get to refresh Twitter and you get your notifications. But, but guys like Gorn, you may actually be able to really maximize him at the draft, in my opinion, you know, provided he stays healthy. Uh, a player like Dragic could be the difference between moving from 14 to to 7 or something like that. I mean, I'm just making that up. So uh, I wouldn't get too down on not making a deal. Um, you know, like there's still an opportunity at the draft. I don't want yeah, them that's to a- make a deal. I know you don't, but that's what I was talking. I was saying, Jack. I think I think the market for Goron could be better at the at the draft when everyone is technically like a buyer because it's a new year. Whereas now you've de- you've you know you don't have that many teams that would be willing to make that move right now. But at the deadline, or sorry, at the draft when you're trying to start over, and you have you see where your pick is and you see what you have for the upcoming year and where your salary cap is going to fall. Uh, you have a lot more certainty than you do now. There's a lot of there's still uncertainty, even though the CBA has been signed and you know that's out of the way. And yeah, I mean, listen, I'd like to keep Goron playing at this level. He's been excellent on this team. He's played really well. He's he's found himself without Dwayne Wade clogging up the lane. So um, he's done a good job, which is what Leif uh, expected to happen this year. So. You know, but I, listen, I think he. you look at moving him at the draft, you look to see if anyone wants Hassan at the draft because as good, as talented as Hassan is, I don't think he's like – he does so many things that make it so frustrating where at this point you might just want to cash in on the asset that you've obtained. And that's why he was signed. That's why people are like, how dare you max Whiteside? It was – what else are you supposed to do? What else are you going to do with that money? You're going to do more one-year deals to uh, Derek Williams? Perfect. Well, I mean they would have wanted to pay Tyler more. Just let that Yo, sit man. there. Don't say nothing. You know what? You know what? You're off. You're off the next show. Uh, you're off the next show. Oh, <laughs> I'm canceled. You are not welcome. 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 I'm, I'm canceled. <laughs> you got to um, get over yourself, man. Like, listen, TJ will probably be moved next year, and you'll be like, you can celebrate and you know, put on an anime and take out some lotion and do what you do. But it's not. Uh, why is that the reputation I have? Why am I a racist? Like, this is just what's happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we like, don't. I mean, you attend yeah, plan meetings. And- Gianni, did you listen to Levitar today? Uh, I heard the local hour. Did they, I, I'm totally going off of a tweet that I saw. Did they talk about Battier kind of like literally replacing Riley? Did that no. conversation happen? No, they mainly talked about themselves, and they talked about Greg Cody and his how annoying he is. Okay, maybe it's I think on, I think, on I think Greg's annoying too. They did, Leif, I, I heard about them talking that Battier, they think Battier is like the guy that is going to replace Riley. And Riley was looking for another basketball mind on the staff. That's kind of what he wanted before he felt comfortable leaving. So how awesome is that? Have we I'm talked the, about that? Have we done I'm, a show? I'm, since... I'm loving that. <laughs> we did talk about it a little on Thursday, but yeah, I mean, it's, Battier was the guy... He wasn't the best broadcaster, but um, he had some funny moments in the booth. But uh, he's he's really good, and you're just happy that – listen, the Heat family thing is true regardless of how stupid the Heat lifer thing was. Like if Wade – listen, if Wade was here, he could retire next year no, like a normal this person. this family thing is BS because you know why? 
Because they because gave Tyler Johnson Dwayne Wade's money. Yo, hold on. What's up with you having to sneak in a take about TJ and Greg Cody every time you talk for the last five minutes? I mean, come now on. Now I'm mad. Because now I'm mad. Who do you hate more? Oh, you're mad oh. and wrong at oh, the same Cody. time. Cody, not did you, hold did on. You guys, we, did you Oh, sorry, Alex. Go. No, I'm sorry. Um, can we talk about this on air? Because I don't understand your 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 hatred for Greg Cody. He's bad at his it. job. He's not smart. Um, he doesn't He's add great at his job. Hey, you got to that sound. Alex, this is really simple. Like, Gianni sees a lot of himself in Greg Cody. No, I don't. He, he, no. he even sees himself, like, becoming this. He'll do it back in my day on the radio I honestly in, like, wish, 35 years. No, I'm going to be frank here. I wish I could write as well as Greg. I'd admit that. He's a good writer. I don't think the, I don't think the content of his articles are any good because I think he's a dumbass. But he has, he's, he is good with words. I will give him that. Now, the words that he chooses are often of little importance or meaning or make sense, but he's a good writer. Wouldn't it be great if one day Cody was like the arbiter of, of Gianni's sports journalism career, like was making the call? I'll take, listen, I'll take the And that bridge got burned on this I'll year podcast. I, really, I, I want to get Cody on the podcast now. No, my dad, no. know, my oh dad my knows God, his wife, please. so maybe we could, we could make this happen. Does she want to divorce him? No, they're very oh, happy together. Man. Oh, coming, coming, coming from the guy who's cripplingly alone. So what are we doing here? Now? I listen, I, listen, I'm alone. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm single. You know, I, I enjoy my life. Don't hate. Listen, let's stop hating on people, and I'll stop hating on you. Let's, you know, let's, I uh, speaking of being single, Harrison. I, uh, you know, for the audience, we all we all hung out the other day. Um, and Harrison was his girlfriend, and I thought it was weird that you were showing affection for another person. Was it in general, or was like was yeah, it too it was much just, PDA? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I don't mind PDA. I just thought it was weird no, that but you I, were PDA. It, it's weird that like I love my love girlfriend, and yes, okay. no, I mean, sure, that's okay. Alex, tell me that wouldn't be weird if you see Harrison snuggling with his girlfriend. Just, just because I never imagined it possible, Harrison feeling love for anything. That's what I'm saying. Because of his Twitter persona. He just gives takes. Hey, how about Harrison's profile went from I don't mind a debate, just be civil, to I don't mind a debate, just be ready. Like, his his whole deal is like, he will rip your throat out. Well, I re- oh, no. yeah, I, re- I realized I was su- being super rude. So it's su- someone was like, oh, <laughs> someone read my thing. And they were like, oh, just be you know, oh, civil, right? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I'm not civil. I need to change that. <laughs> well, did you see what? Did you see what I changed it to today? Because I made fun of something that, like, we're all keeping over the bio. I made fun of something that Riz said, and he was like, I would be offended if it wasn't from, like, some opera-loving whatever. So I changed that, my bio, to opera-loving. Let me, I'll read it. It's funny. Hold on. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah, opera-loving spin class guy. Yeah, yeah, that's what he called me. Opera-loving spin class guy. So that's Broadway Harry. One yeah. day he took a shot at me and my hat. He was like, you and your hat and whatever you do. <laughs> like, that's what the said. <laughs> I don't know why. Riz, Riz always takes shots at us. He's always angry. He's always. He only likes out. I, li- I like Riz. I just think sometimes he's a little sensitive. So he's like, yo, you, hat. <laughs> <laughs> I used to like Riz, and he's just mean to me. So I'm just like, I don't like you anymore. All right, let's not. Let's not turn the podcast into like just trashing everybody. Let's uh, where were I? Don't yeah, even know did anybody want to trash anybody else? 
no, I'd like to actually say that I think Crab and Dose are doing a really good job covering the NBA trade deadline. Yes. <laughs> I, think, I think they're doing a really good job kind of, you know, showing you where teams are, what they're thinking, um, the moves they're kind of looking towards, but not really because you never know. And um, I just a shout out to them because I think they're doing an excellent job. Um, I've never felt I've never felt more in tune with the uh, with the NBA exec. <laughs> At Dose is really getting them. He's really good. If you want to follow them, uh, Dose recently tweeted, I like Lou Williams, survivor, excellent career. <laughs> no, but he has questions to people, and uh, he sets them up perfectly. He's he's doing Twitter the right way. Right he's now. so good. I used to love what he did with Tony Fiorentino. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why did that stop? Can we bring that back know. for a second? I, I told him to bring it back, and he doesn't want to. My favorite one, so for the audience that doesn't know, he would, uh, at Dos Minutos would tweet Tony Fiorentino, like, to just like, hey, coach, real big game today. Aren't you excited? And then, like, Tony would, like, think he's dead-ass serious. Or my favorite one was, oh, coach, you know, I'm having a bad day. Cheer me up. You know, I haven't seen a win in a long time. And then Tony's like, well, the Heat won yesterday, but... Like, dude, really? Oh. Alex, are you okay? Man, I'm sorry. That, that stuff that made me laugh every time. Oh, it was the best. Oh, my. Tony on Twitter is great. Man, those are right, like, setting him up perfectly through the line. Like, I'm just scrolling through. Like, seriously, I know we're, we're joking about Dose and Crab, but I was just scrolling through my timeline, and Steve Kyler, someone asked him, like, do you think the Nets are trading Bojan uh, Bogdanovich? And he's like, we'll find out Thursday. They'd like to. <laughs> like, thanks, thanks, sir. I didn't know that the deadline was Thursday, and they might trade him if they can. Do I like, tweet like that? No. <laughs> Let me know if I do. If I do, like, reprimand me immediately. Because I'm really not trying to... Have information, if you think it would be viable, you put it out there. But it's not, I mean, it's not common sense where, yeah, the guy has the possibility, he has a 50-50 chance of moving on Thursday. Good call, Steve <laughs> Kyler. That's news. Bogdanovich? Bogdanovich? Yo. <laughs> Big time player, man. Difference, difference maker. At, le- at least if you're going to talk, steal my take. What are you doing? <laughs> I think the Heat should for Bogdanovich. I'm, listen, oh, I haven't, man, I, we haven't done a pod in so long. I forgot. I want to make an official statement on this podcast. Are we ready? Go. Sure. I'm team, get the seventh seed. They can beat Boston. I'm going to make this push. I'm on board on this bandwagon. Wait, what? Now you're yeah, stealing exactly. my take. Oh, that's your take? You want to be on together? I said that earlier in the podcast. I said this last week. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, okay, we were good. Well, you did? I, didn't, I was listening. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I'm feeling it. I could get on board with that. Okay, hear me out. Listen, Boston, does Boston scare you? No, it doesn't. Miami's played Boston close. Miami has played so much better recently. And as a two seed, they're very vulnerable. This is, it feels like the weakest two seed ever. And, and Miami's. Goron kills Boston this year. Kills too. them. Kills them. And now they have new and improved Deion Waiters and James Johnson. Uh, you know, Miami hasn't played Boston since they've been good again. O'Carl White. There you go. Think about that. So I'm on this bandwagon. I want to I wanna find a catchy hashtag. Um, but I think they can hashtag beat Boston. So does it hurt 
us from an asset standpoint that we've gone on this run without Winslow or Jay Rich, and that going into the cares? season was supposed to be our uh, our two number one selling pieces if we ever were to do that, or p- players to build around. But Leif, and we've said this, I know Alpha said this, Harrison has said this, we've all said this, the draft and free agency is not, the draft is not the only place to find talent. And the big splash free agent signing is also not the only place to find talent. You're always going to overpay in free agency. Unless the guy is LeBron or the max, max, max guys, you're never going to not overpay for somebody, right? So the fact that they found a James Johnson, that is Finding talent. The D-League. They have found Tyler Johnson, O'Carl White, Rodney Magruder. Rotation players for a potential playoff team. I mean, I think there's also something to be said for guys like that, like James Johnson and Deion Waiters, um, basically stepping up while Justice and Josh are out. Excuse me. Um, You can trade those guys. You're building up their trade value. Meanwhile, you know you're going to keep Jay Rich and Justice because their trade value isn't going anywhere with the way that they're not playing. So I think it's I think it's valuable building up guys and then using them as trade assets like we've been uh, anticipating for guys like James Johnson and Deion Waiters. I don't think it's all bad things coming from the Justice and and Jay Rich injuries. But like, and and that's fine. And like that that really stinks for this year. But they can they don't need the big. And I guess I guess they're not gonna make difference making moves. But you can find talent like. If Justice Winslow became what James Johnson was this season, you take that as a win. Like, what James well, Johnson is doing is incredible. Right. I mean, what the thing the thing about this season that's annoying is that they're not part of the run, but it's nice to see that a team, even with a bunch of one-year journeymen, can, can adapt to Spoh's system. It just took some time. I mean, but let's be real. If we hadn't have drafted Winslow, the only guy behind him that's really like it would have been Miles Turner. And... You know, Winslow was a guy that he was projected for, so he felt to us like there was no other move to make. So what you need to do is hope that, you know, Winslow can rehab from his injury and just come back stronger. I mean, he's going to struggle again next year because you were hoping that he would he would have worked out his shot a little this year. But, yeah, I mean, if he becomes like J.J. or a point forward that can initiate offense and hopefully eventually hit the shot, that's what you want out of him. And Jay Rich, you want him to regain the form he had at the end of last year, and you want him to become a smarter defender. Jay Rich, the angles he takes on defense are really bad. So I think, I think he's a serviceable yeah. defender. Like, he's not amazing, but he's serviceable. And with the right guys behind him, the Heat were good defense last year, and he played a lot of minutes. Right, but you'd hope with like you'd hope with Jay Rich's length that he could become a really good defender, and he's just like not shown the. It's not that I don't think he has the skills. It's just like yeah, he's yeah, not he, processing. He, he, there's room for improvement. So I mean, yeah, it stinks that they're not here now because obviously they could be nice pieces off the bench or or starting wherever they're wherever you want them to be. But they could be nice role players, getting better on this team and getting more experience. So it's kind of a downer, but. You, listen, you're not going to trade your your young guys when they have no value. So you have to wait till they do something anyway. Like I don't think you would have got it, like if you try to move Winslow or Richardson now, you're not going to get anything for them. So you have to wait until they get better. And if they don't get better, then you don't resign them and you move on. I mean, that's kind of how it goes. Do you 
Do you think that that changes by the draft? Like, I know that Winslow uh, obviously is not going to play a game between now and the draft. Jay Rich, you know, should be back soon. But that's it's it's like a weird spot to be in even come draft time if those two guys, if you don't have any more clarity on them, uh, you're almost kind of locked into seeing them for another year. Uh, Or do you guys think that, that the value will see an uptick because it's draft night? And, you know, like your, your 17 pick kind of has a little more, uh, you know where it falls. Teams may not be in love with whoever they're going to draft at 9 or 10 or something like that. So you can make a deal happen, you know, with one of those guys. Uh, you know, it just kind of feels like they've been put in so many weird spots this year, whether it be lack of picks or those young guys not getting uh, run and, and et cetera, et cetera. Well, Leif, I think Miami more than any team – has, it could go two extremes. They can revert back to how they were in the beginning of the season, or they can really continue this this level of play. If they continue this level of play, we can assume that they'll probably make the playoffs, considering Detroit might even move Andre Drummond in there ahead of them. Um, and Chicago it has a lot of uncertainty as well. If Miami does make the playoffs, that changes their strategy coming draft day because now their pick is not as good. It's not a lottery pick, and it changes a lot of things. And as we've talked about before, when you're trying to talk to a free agent and your team stinks, it's difficult to get them to come. If you show, if you have a foundation, if you have a playoff foundation without them, you can tell guys, we're a couple pieces away. Come. Let's do what, it. What, what seven seed has ever attracted a free agent that has um, dramatically changed the, you know, no. the trajectory of the franchise? But the, and We've talked about let's not just look to 2018, right? So if they're building for the future, add a piece, maybe not a difference difference maker, but maybe that'll bump them up a couple spots in the East as teams are, are selling and rebuilding, right? A so Lamar I, Odom. Yeah. Exactly, so, you know, something like that. So maybe in 2018, maybe 2017-2018 season, you 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 kind of up. You maybe you're a couple games over 500, and at that point, you might be a five or a six or a four seed. And we just saw recently with this very Heat team, a five seed attracted LeBron James and Chris Bosh. Obviously, the circumstances were different, but um, you know, and I guess yeah, NBA- I don't think it was because Miami was a five seed. Oh yeah. <laughs> But I, I really do appreciate your optimism. Huh? Uh, no, I said I appreciate your optimism, but... Uh, no, but you know what I mean. Like, if you add another piece and, and you're, you know, you're over 500 and it's the Eastern Conference, you're like, hey, we're a piece away. You know? Like, yeah. hey, we can make a run at Cleveland. LeBron's only going to get older every year. He's 33. That's... Washington. It's going to happen. It's going to happen one day. Come to Heat Beat for this amazing... Uh, Amazing news we got. LeBron gets older every year, guys. No, so. I mean, you're making fun of me. Do you remember how fast it went for Dwayne? 2010, yeah, Dwayne, 2011. Dwayne has no knees. Yeah, Le- LeBron's a different animal. He's never, you know, knock on wood, because I don't even really want to see him injured. I know Harrison disagrees, right. but, uh, like, that guy's kind of um, – He's never been through those years where your knee hurts, so then you compensate compensate with the other leg, and then you hurt the other leg, and you go through that, you know, kind of frustrating deal. He's been pretty, uh, you know, he's then been... Your arm falls off. Yeah. It, it's going to happen, and it's not going to be another five years of him playing like this. 
Well, the, the minutes the minutes are really scary for LeBron because he just he just doesn't need to be he playing. He plays these so many minutes over there. But I, but I think a lot of that is him, man. I don't I don't think LeBron is the kind of guy who's like, yeah, I'll sit out an extra five. Like he's probably watching, you know, uh, the other guys on his team that I don't even know <laughs> play and Kevin just Daff, you know, help he, us. He'd rather be out there, so. I don't know, but Leif, getting to your point about about Winslow and Richardson, like I don't think their value gets any better at the draft. And where we were talking about when Winslow first started playing, like I think the height of Winslow's value was last year after Game Seven against the Raptors. He did everything in that game, and you were like, "Man, this guy is an act like he's an actual Swiss Army knife. He can do everything." Like, look at what he did in that game, even though the Heat got blown out. Like, he was the best. He was arguably the best player on the court. And, you know, at that point, you were like, ah, I wouldn't trade Winslow for anyone. This is like, there's really no one I would move him for. This guy is going to be, is going to be really good. You know, except for you know, maybe like the greatest young guys. Um, and now, you know, he's, he's obviously had a really injury plagued year. So you have to wait until you find the balance. And then, yeah, if it's, if you're saying like, wow, Winslow's never going to really develop the shot to where we thought he could. Then you think about moving him, but for now you hold on to him. There's no. You would know, there's you pick? No... Would you pick swap for Gallinari and Wilson Chandler? Gallinari, Ooh, yes, yes. Uh, yes. Pick swap. You mean so move down to where the Nuggets are? Yes. Would they oh, do? No, that makes no sense. Never yeah, mind. I, I, think, <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, was... I think Denver would have a better pick. <laughs> That was just a complete stupid moment on my part. No, I was like, so we get a better pick and we get those two? Yeah, I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> now that's, sure. that's me reading Twitter when I should be focused on the podcast. Sorry. I'd give Winslow for Gallinari. I know you Wow. Did. What? An, an expiring Gallinari, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. You're ridiculous. No, well... I think they have a good chance to keep Gallo, and they can pay him what in, enough for to keep him. And I also think he's really good. Yeah, but you, you need to—he needs to get healthy too. There's too many questions about these guys. Like, you don't want to sign another guy who who's super injury prone. I mean, listen, as good as the Heat medical staff is, we've had a ton of injuries since LeBron cursed us. So, um, you know, we have to get over this voodoo curse. Uh, I'm not sure how. I think. <laughs> I think what I'm realizing is Miami doesn't really have a great situation right now. They don't have enough as a foundation to attract a big free agent. Their pick situation's not necessarily great considering next year, unless they like totally knock it out of the park this draft and by luck, uh, whatever their pick line. So like, I don't know. Do you guys feel the same way? I don't think Miami's in a very enviable position. It's a tough spot, that's for sure. I mean, uh, if you, what's the path of least resistance to get this thing back rolling? You you nail your 17 pick, and you use it and young players to get you know a uh, an alpha superstar, or is it taking the pick that's a mid first if you make the playoffs and attaching Goran and and another young piece and moving up for Alonzo Ball? Like, what is um, uh, what is the path that y'all see um, that would get us back? You would, um, yeah, you'd have to, you'd nail the pick in the draft. You'd hope that uh, J- Josh Richardson, TJ, and uh, Winslow all have 
back uh, bounce back seasons. TJ's been good this year, but you hope that TJ continues to improve, and then you take some combination of those guys and turn it into like what we did to get Shaq with the Lakers. Like that's what you're hoping for. You hope you can take these young guys; they're good in our system, and you say like, "Hey, we love this team, but we could be better." Because that's really what it was. We loved that. We loved that 2003, 2014. That was a really fun team, and those guys, you know, started out really poorly and got a lot better as the season went on, and then we uh, lost in the second round. But like taking those young guys because those are the only assets you have and turning them into other guys. We don't have the picks because we owe them to Phoenix and I, we're not going to be a bottom 17 next year. So we, we will convey the pick to Phoenix. So yeah, I mean, that's what you're hoping for, but you can't be, you can't be upset with the winning. I'm not mad that we won the games and the pick is lower. I agree with Riley that you, you let the pick fall will it, where it will. I'm just upset that it's basically like corrupted the trade deadline because I think you could be getting value for the guys we have on the team now. And now you're not going to do that because you think you can get into the playoffs. I mean, I, I think like, I, I kind of agree with you there because we're, we're in a bad position. The Heat are in a bad position in the sense that everything that we've been talking about this whole podcast where you're not really sure what direction they're going to go. They can kind of go in both directions. And there's no clear there's no clear pathway to, to becoming a perennial, uh, a perennial contender again besides packaging these young guys. Um, what I do think is you're going to have to you're going to have to do something in free agency because you have these trade assets who their value isn't as high as you'd like them to be like Justice and Josh. And you're going to get this $25 million opening this summer. You need to do something with that free agency as well as, you know, the pick. It's, it, they have a little margin for error, but it's also um, aided by the fact that they have a great um, organization. And it's and this run, without the young guys that we wanted to see, it's showing teams and showing players they can do stuff with other guys who you wouldn't expect it to. So I'm not sure if that's enough to get somebody, but it's just it's it's a tough situation, man. I'm, there's no clear pathway there, like you guys have been saying. They gotta get lucky. I mean, yeah. would you get would you guys be pissed if I just read a tweet like if the market starts heating up because the Wizards want a wing, other teams want a wing, and the Heat end up like trading JJ for a first? Are you mad? Like because that's truly yeah. capitalizing. Even though JJ does everything for this Heat team right now, I mean, he I would is be the disappointed. I would be disappointed, even like borderline, like sad to see him go because it's one of the, he's one of those guys that you can tell, or at least I feel like I can tell, is a player that could stick around with the Heat for the next 10 years and it would be all good. Um, he, he fits perfect, but uh, I don't know that you could be mad because we are in dire need of assets. And, um, and I know that that's like a running joke with the assets thing, but we're seeing it firsthand. If we had picks, we could have got Boogie Cousins. I mean, like, that could have happened. And Riley is the type of guy who, who um, if, if the agent said, Boogie's not guaranteed to re-sign, Riley would say, okay, we'll see about that. We got Tootsies over here. And he would just take <laughs> so, like, um So, like, that, that completely blocked us from getting involved in that thing. And I bet you that there's a lot of other stuff we will never hear about that we're hampered by the fact that we don't have it. But um, I don't know. No, it is fine, but I think that he could be a destination for Boogie in 2018. Like, if you still have these big contracts that can be moved, like, the beauty of 
Drogic and Hassan is that they're on contracts that will continue to have value. So as the CBA continues to go up, they look better and better. And they are players where you know what you're getting. They're, they're like good, solid commodities. So let's say like there was a guy available in the 2018 free agency or something, and you wanted to maneuver things to open up space, you can do that. And then, you know, you're basically like you're selling a free agent on Miami. It, that would that's probably going to be the very close to the end of Riley's hurrah. And I feel like he's got, he's going to want to make a splash before he steps away. We haven't even touched on the giant hole in the cap that Chris Bosch is going to leave once they do what they have to do. Finally. <laughs> make it sound like the mafia. Uh, no, I mean, like that, they're going to, they're going to, I mean, that's why this I, summer they have to capitalize. I mean, you're but never going to have, that's why that. I'm saying like, you might have to keep your guys. Cause if you look at the free agent list, there's not a lot of stars, and the stars are probably not like Blake Griffin, um, Steph yeah, Chris, Curry. Pa- Chris Paul said he's probably staying in LA. Chris Paul, Reddick, like good players. I just lumped Reddick in with Blake Griffin and Steph Curry. <laughs> Reddick would be Reddick would be great. It's just he's gonna he's gonna get so much money on the free market. He'd be very expensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but he's a guy that you get when you're close, not when you're Miami. Um, yeah, there's not a lot. There's not a lot here. But, yeah, but. Giancarlo, you could re like what I was just saying with Goran and Hassan. You can re-sign these guys, right? And assuming that like JJ stays at a similar level and Dion doesn't revert back to Cleveland, Dion, like those are tradable assets under those contracts, right? If JJ or Dion were under contract right now for two to three years, you could be getting first-round picks for those guys. Like you, so that's where you know, yeah, the not, not, not even first-round picks. You could probably get something of like a player, like a good player for that. Sure, but what I'm saying is, like, if the Heat wanted to dump salary because they wanted someone in 2018 and they they decided that with their offseason they're only re-signing Dion and JJ and they continue on this, you know, wow, they're looking really good with the Heat. They're tradable assets. That's, that's honestly the only reason we signed Hassan is because you knew that you didn't want him getting away. And so even if you trade him, as good as he is, if you trade him eventually, you'll get value for him. That's not, guys, guys like... Paul George, Porzingis, um, players like that are going to be free agents eventually too. So, Boogie. So. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't, it's not smart to bank on free agency the way we kind of were. Um, but they've always been that way. And Well, the, but that's I why mean, the scouting is the so mo- big. The modern, the modern Heat team, I know Leif shaking his head, I think post-2000, you know, I guess well, they, post they, they, they've, always, they've all made trades. I mean, the, the trades yeah, have been trade, hard. Trades have always signed and sealed the contending teams, whether it was the, the J. Will, Posey, Tuan, like that was the biggest trade in NBA history at yes. the time, or, you know, the, the Zoe trade, the Timmy trade, the Mashburn trade, uh, even like trades that you don't think about as being trades that made us a contender, the Jermaine O'Neal trade, the Sean Marion trade, those are all things that um, is moving and shuffling, and it's showing you that that's really... Uh, Goran Dragic is another example of guys that, like, that's really Riley's M.O. is to trade. It's not free agency because, like, people forget we struck out on Mo Williams. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but at the time he was like, uh, he, he was really good for like a year and a half. Before, well, we, we struck out. We struck out on Elton Brand, but used that yep. to sneak our way into Lamar yep. Odom, which was an exactly. interesting, like, that was. You know when the when they had the seven days to match the uh, restricted free agent, that was a pretty interesting ploy that Riley pulled on the Clippers. Leif, how do you feel owner. about? Oh my god! 
Leif, how do you feel about a J.J. Lamar Odom comparison? Um, I see it in certain ways, but Lamar Odom has skills that no, Lamar's better, different. Yeah, but uh, but JJ is doing a lot of the same things for this team that Lamar did for that team. If that's where you're going with that, man, you know, like that was is, is Lamar is Lamar Odom the best like um, the best ball handler you've seen at that size ever? Because that's what he yeah. was from like pretty close. I mean, and not necessarily with like crazy dribbling skills, but just the ability to 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 get to the basket and do stuff at his size with that length. You usually usually guys that long end up, you know, being a little uncoordinated, and uh, that was definitely yeah. not the case. They would the run. You know, Leif, and I've thought about this a lot. I, I would have loved to have seen Spolster coach him because something that some, a, a big mo of Spos has been to have guards screen for those bigs that handle the ball. And I would have loved to have seen what Lamar can do in a spread offense, having you know, having a guard and a big out there. You know, that would have been that would have been a lot of fun. Yeah, that, that, that's why there's this one small part of me that was really intrigued by the idea of finishing with a high lottery pick because I just think about these transcendent talents that are coming in the draft and I'm thinking, boy, it would be great to have Spo just get his hands on one of those guys and mold them from day one. So, I mean, I love the winning and I'm rooting for the winning and I agree. Riley said, you know, you don't mess with uh, the karma that's involved in that. And I agree that uh, that it's not good to go in the other direction. But damn, Lonzo Ball or Fultz or, or Malik Monk or whatever guy you want to say, um, the way Spoh's coaching right now, uh, he's, he's, I mean, is he doing a better job now than he did in the big three era? Yes. you say? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. he's doing, he's doing a lot of the same things that he did in, in the big three era. So I, I have some, I have some numbers for you. Um, the heat, he's like over, um, let me pull this up right now. Uh, over 70% of their shots have been open from three. Over 70. That's huge. That's poaching, baby. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the numbers really quick. With a defender right on top of a guy, they've had 33 attempts from three. With a defender two to four feet, they've had 243 attempts. What the, what the NBA tracking considers open four to six feet, 658 attempts and wide open six plus feet 537 attempts that disparity is huge and that is from coaching that is Spo. i mean those numbers are enormous and that is all his coaching Creating a spread offense for guys like how, how cool is it going to be when there's like a <laughs> oh spo coaching tree in the NBA? Because that's like already on its way to happen. Chris Quinney, Chris Quinney up next. Quinney, Jawan Howard, Dan I mean, Craig. They already, they already have Batty in the front office. Who's yeah. you know? All right, so so two funny notes. I'm just looking. Uh, one one guy said maybe Leif look for Hassan on the draft to go to the Lakers because maybe they won't need a point guard that high and maybe they want to cash in on Hassan. Oh god, so I could be Russell. Oh, please no. No, no, no. for the pick. Get the pick. Oh, I was about to say. Um and then the other thing, this is the funniest thing. Some uh, David Aldridge wrote something about no protections for the uh Rockets trade and this guy wrote Magic stays unprotected. 